0: Greetings from the Long Island Sound Podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right. Enjoy the show.
1: Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound Podcast. Each week, we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve
0: Yusko. Hey, thanks for joining us for part two of the episode with Chris Marshak, a wonderful producer, arranger, drummer, and percussionist. I'm joined by my sidekick, Steve Martino, a previous guest on the program. If you haven't listened to part one, please do. You'll get a great foundation. We explore so many things, but there was so much to unpack that we had to put it in a second episode. Steve Martino had a question for Chris. So let's join the conversation
2: yeah i'll just uh it was uh referenced around uh, the experience of taking a piece of music that you are now going to accompany somebody with and in this in my case just to reiterate it again we a piano player brought in the song initially the way it was a simple progression but a really great melody but it was originally started almost with a latin feel and the more, as Chris was saying, sometimes knowing when to play less is a benefit. And as we pulled the song, pulled elements out of the song and tried to simplify it, it actually got stronger. And But we benefited from the fact that we were all together in a room. We had a week. We were practicing a lot. We just kept hashing or woodshedding the piece, as you call it. And it developed into what it finally became. I'm curious to how you approach it, Chris, when you're working in a studio where you may not have all the people, they may only have the composer and they may not be, as you said, as experienced in, in being in a recording setting, or you're hearing something in the song that could make it stronger. How do you approach that when you don't have the whole band and, and come across with that feel and, and import yourself into it? And I just, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I just want to get your take on that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think every artist is different and you're going to be in there in a level of experience and their vision of what they, 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 what they want is different, you know, and some people, you know, I'm fortunate enough at this point that, that the people that hire me, they usually have heard what I've done. There's something about my vibe or whatever that they, they want in their music. So that, that creates a dynamic where there's an openness, uh, where rather than it's in a transactional state where you say, I'm, you're going to hire me, I'm going to hire you. You're going to do what I tell you to do, like an employee-based thing. It's more of a collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think the idea that, especially when in the studio, um, I don't, I forget it was, maybe it was Daniel Lenoir I, I heard an interview with, but he talks about when you're in the studio and someone has an idea, always follow it through to the end. The truth will reveal itself. Because if you in a studio and you go, ah you know, or if you, you kind of people are especially artists are emotional beings. And if someone has an idea, there's a vulnerability, and you say, Let, let's try it. And 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 then after we can listen back. You know, very often you'll play a song a few times and you'll say, you know what, let's take a break, let's go in and listen. So now you're you're putting your instruments down and you're listening. And in there very often the truth reveals itself, you know, that busy part that you thought sounded really cool, you know, is like, wow, it's kind of doesn't, it's not coming across that way. And then, you know, there's a point of like, what can we do to, you know, it's a collective collaboration. It's not like, Hey man, you got to change your things. Like, what can we do to, to make this feel better? I I have some thoughts. I think I could, maybe I could play a little less. What, What, what do you, you know, how much you feel about maybe, you know, where you're starting you know, maybe save that part, start a little less and save that maybe for the, the outro of the song, you know, and, and it'll, it's a cool part, but maybe we're giving it away too soon in the song. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just like a a curious dialogue. And, and sometimes I am, you know, if I, to, to be honest, I'm trying to lead it in a certain direction, but I think the important part about being in the studio is how you do that because you want it to be, ultimately you want the artist to feel like they've arrived at that because, it's best for their song. And sometimes that takes a minute of trying, you know, I may, you know, from doing this many years, we may ultimately spend an hour and get to where I kind of knew it needed to go there. But if the artist went through that process and they make the decision on their own, it feels better to them sometimes than, um, than if you impose your will. And especially if they're, 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 they're trying it. And, and, um, you know, it's a balance. You know, I think that, that sometimes you're in a situation, someone's committed to something that's, that's maybe different than the vision you had for the song. And sometimes I have to go with that. You can't, you know, it's their project and ultimately their, um, their decision. So, um, you know, I think each situation is different, but at the end of the day, you want to try to, I want to try to make great music. And sometimes that, that takes all of us, not just me doing what I want, you know, it's being a part of something. And also, Being open to things. Very often, sometimes uh, someone who's, it's their song, they might not have the language to articulate or they're not trained and schooled in music in the same way that I am or some of the other musicians are. But the sentiment of what they're talking about, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's what the lyric's about, you know? And they'll, let's pause on this section or on this lyric. And, you know, I, I think it's, there's no, the thing about music is you learn things that work but each song and each artist it's a new opportunity to discover something that you didn't you didn't realize before and so i think the curiosity that i've talked about already today is 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 it is the recipe to to get the music to where it needs to be
0: you know you, br- you bring up a good point and it's almost like a sales point the best decisions that people feel that they came to that conclusion, even though you led them in that direction, is going to sit better with the artist over time because they've kind of internalized it. And that's a, a good way to approach it, you know. Hey, let, let me ask you this. And, as a, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry.
1: No, and I think, you know, from the, you know, very often, as I mentioned earlier, you know, that I don't lose sight of an artist who's going there and they're hiring me. Sure. They're paying for the studio time. And they're spending their money. So I want to respect that, you know, and 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 also part of my job is to help them be mindful in those regards. You know, and sometimes I will um, speak up if I about a certain situation, like something, for example, uh, at a session I did recently, and it was a slow ballad and they wanted the. uh, And I wasn't going to enter till the second verse. So when they were playing it and the, and the songwriter had kind of had a little bit of difficulty and he made a mistake and then we kept going back to the beginning. So I said to him, why don't we use a click? I said, because this way, if we have to punch, we can. And I'm not coming in. And I think it, from a time frame, it'll help us maximize the time. Rather than have to go back to the beginning on every single take, this will give us a, a, a perspective to allow us to do this in a quicker way, which is ultimately going to, you know, I didn't say this to the artist, but it's going to save them money. It's going to, you know, I could sense the frustration that they're having, having to go back. And, and sometimes you're, you know, sometimes you play something and it's, it's very natural. It's a first take and it's, you know, it's like something you could talk about in a music magazine, but sometimes very often record recording is rolling your sleeves up and it's work and it's playing it a few times and, and fixing and punching a different section. And, 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 um, you know, it, it, it's it's at the, at the end, you know, so I will offer my suggestion if I feel it's going to be helpful, both musically and, and financially, too, to the person who's spending their hard-earned money. I'm mindful of that. I'm always mindful of that, you know. Sure. So explain to me
0: the different roles of a person who lays down tracks uh, to, you know, you potentially, maybe you don't do this anymore, pass it off to somebody else who mix it. What, what's that whole process? How does that come together?
1: Well, I mean, I think for me, a big part of what I do at my studio is I record here. I record all the tracks here. But the mixing is something that I, uh, it's a worthwhile, you know, as people have their own home studios and they they invest in that and allows them to save money in their recording. My personal opinion is I think mixing is what can make a home recording sound like an album. Okay, uh, Mixing is an art. It's, it's an art. And the people that are good at it, there's a reason they're good at it, and 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 oftentimes that when you're when you're recording a song and the artist you've listened to it so much or someone with a fresh set of ears too at that point can sometimes add to the thing that, add to what you've created, just because maybe it's it's a new set of ears. But you know, I like that flow with the stuff I do here. I have people. I've I've mixed some stuff here, but I I when I have something I'm excited about, I want it to, to sound as good as it can. And I, I think that mixing is a worthwhile investment uh, in the modern day recording world where people are doing things themselves. That's one avenue I would tell the songwriter record it yourself. You, you know, that's one thing, but if you're going to, if you really want it to sound great, the mixing is that's, it's a worthwhile investment, you know? And also it's, it's, it, you know, in the same way I, we talked about the Steve Winwood track where he heard me play, it's a way for an artist to get their music in front of somebody that maybe is a producer out there that they're a fan of and, and they would love to. And now all of a sudden that person you're hiring that person, they're listening to your songs, you know? And again, does that mean that they're going to refer you? No, but does it allow for the possibility of, of some other um, thing that could happen or opportunity? I think, yeah, it, it, you know, I'm in a favor of doing things that add an, a degree of possibility to things that you never know.
2: First of all, I, I agree with so many things you said about, you know, have just even from the beginning. One of the things I learned early on uh, playing drums is you're right. I mean, even the, the story you told about finding a drum set, I had the same situation in my cousin's house. I found his drum set. Oh, wow. And I just got like lit up and I played it for like three hours and and I didn't even think i was doing anything and they all came downstairs and Were like you know that was pretty good like where'd you learn to do that i, was, I don't know i just picked up the sticks and so same experience but i do That's remember great. crystal clear in my mind how there was that moment of i'll call it a revelation like i listened to this guy playing in a school setting he was orchestra to camera and they came in and they were playing a, and they had a jazz quartet and the guy just had a four-piece drum set and he sat there and he played so I'll call it minimalist for lack of a better word, and it was perfect. And I remember my music teacher looking at me and said, What you think of that guy? I said, I thought it was I thought it was amazing. And he goes, Yeah, now you're listening. And it, that stuck with me for the rest of my life because to that point, you know, you're you know, I, I not to knock what he's always done, but Keith Moon was always like nonstop. You just to the point that every break was like, oh, there's another break. It's another break. It's another fill to the point. Now you leave that space in between you have that fill. It means so much more or it comes across so much.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I think what you're saying is, you know, I I always think about this, you know, um, people you talk about high school, you know, or a a period of time and people who talk, you know, and somebody who's incessantly talking all the time, you know. And what happens if they're talk? They're a person who talks all the time. Sometimes you know they could utter the cure for cancer, and you might not hear it because okay. you just you're just ear fatigue. Exactly. But then you have somebody who doesn't speak. You know, who speaks quietly and and doesn't say much. But when they do talk, like, because it comes out of silence, it's it's so much more impactful. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that for me, musically, you know, it's it's kind of same. Uh, it's always on my mind, you know the things that 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 you know when things come out of silence, they just they have more impact. Right, and you know we live in a world, you know the, the internet is filled with you know oh, Buddy Rich is It's so true, I so just, beautiful, and that's it.
2: I, I couldn't agree with you more, and it is so you know people are wowed by the like you say you watch the YouTube videos and as that young girl, yeah, 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 a, can't even think. Doing all those, and she's fantastic. So many, yeah, she's great. But if you only watch that, and she's very good, and the fact that she knows how to do that is fantastic. But you also, like you say, have to know I've got the chops to do that. I also know when not to use
1: them. The other thing too is you know, an Instagram is sixty seconds. I mean, I think in the in the world of singer songwriters and and songs, you know, if you're not playing on the first verse and the chorus. You come in, in, you know, later in the song, and then you play a fill, a very simple fill. What is considered a simple fill, and not a busy thing, but the timing of that fill and the choice to put it there is something you you don't get that flavor on Instagram because they'll go right to the fill to show you. And you know, I think about my early listening experiences very often was was the outro of a song, you know, where they would do a fade, and you would crank the fade up because the drummer or st- there was going to be something cool happening going out and you would not hear it. But if you cranked it up, it was like the, the singer was done singing, the band was playing, there was this interactive moment and they would let loose a little bit at that point of the song so there was an off-time fill, or There was something unique that happened and you would crank it up just to hear it and be inspired by it. And I think with the internet, with the internet and, you know, in 60-second modes, the idea we got to impress people – there's an ego component to that. There's an ego component to that. And and look, if you're playing that's what you're starting. I mean I, I believe me. I have I look at them and I know from a technical standpoint how challenging that stuff is. That being said, I I'm at a point in my life where I'd rather listen to a, a singer songwriter play with an acoustic guitar with no drums or percussion on a song that moves me than to to watch a uh a just a you know, uh, a, a chop fest, which is just to be, um, you know, you know, it's, I was having a conversation with my friend and we were talking about uh, bebop jazz and we we're talking about the evolution of jazz. And, and we were discussing the fact that, you know, originally jazz was that dance, was the popular music and it was the dance music. And, and very often it was black musicians playing for white people to dance. And uh, these very, black musicians were not allowed to frequent the places that they were working in. And over time, the music changed and it became more, uh, you know, obviously think about bebop where it was some of it's avant-garde where it was like, you can't you forget dancing. You could you're lucky if you could find the beat, but that the part of that was a, you know, F you to the, there's a little bit of that that's built into that music is like, we're not here just to make you dance we're here to express ourselves. And that, that when you listen to that music, that, and that's what my friend and I, were discussing that, that, that that is part of that music is that we're not here just to make you dance. And so when you look at jazz and stuff like that, to understand as I get older, I get, I appreciate the psychology of that. And you, and, and you really could understand the frustration I could imagine, right? And just what that would be like. And, um, I think that the, one of the beautiful things about music is it's it's one of the things, I think, sports and music, uh, it does not matter what you look like. It's what you bring into the table. And I think, you know, whether you're – those are two professions or two areas in our life that 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 it's about results and what you bring, not the way you look or the color of your skin. You know, not that it hasn't – those things haven't affected those things at different time. But I think, you know – what I love about music is the, the, the bringing together of cultures and people. And, and, um, yeah, I just, I'm very thankful. Music's been my best friend my whole life. It's led to so many great relationships among friends. It's led me to learn things about the world. And, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that, that I went down into my friend's basement and his, and he wasn't ready. And his grandma, his grandmother told me to go down there. Cause I mean, had that not happened, I might not have had the, the opportunity to play those drums.
0: I think what has changed. And I was talking to somebody the other night about. I said, "Hey, you know, when I was a kid, we we got an album and, and we listened to that album till you know, uh, till we wore the needle out. But now it seems the trend is to put out EPs, to put out two, three songs. I th- and this is just my opinion. I think it's an attention span thing. To keep the audience, you got to come out with one or two or three songs." actually pretty quickly, like you're making ice cream cones.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's a singles mar- market. I work with a lot you know artists. They're doing like a song. You know, one, it's economics. Um, they, they can record okay. one song. You know, the recording an album is much more costly and it takes a longer period of time. You record a song, you can go from beginning to end in a shorter um, time period and you can get the, the music out to the world. And, you know, with social media has changed the, the game. I think a lot of things that, that have changed, you know, not to get too into the into the weeds as far as the technical bit, bit of things, but you know, uh, music today when you, you know, it's it's made for radio, it's it's mastered so that the beginning is like you look at it it's a, it's a it's a line of sound that's filled up the, it's filling up the whole space from the verse yeah. to the end. It's this block. Whereas the older recordings that, you know, we grew up listening to, they didn't have that. There was an it was an intro that was quiet and if you looked at that wave, it was smaller. And as it, the song went on, it got louder and louder. And the chorus was actually louder than the other parts of the song. So from a just a, a journey aspect, when you were listening, and you know whether it was Zeppelin and certain songs came in and the chorus came in, it was louder. It, it, it not only was it powerful playing, but the vo- actual volume because our ears. It took us on a journey. It didn't hit us. The verse wasn't as loud as the chorus, but now it's almost like everything is so in your face that some of that is definitely lost. And I'm, you know, that's one of the things I loved about, you know, um, you know, the, the music I listened to growing up was that, that it actually crescendoed. And when it, when the rock guitar came in and it hit you in the chest, it was just really impactful in a way that I, I don't know necessarily, you know, it's just different now the way they do it, but I think that's part of it, you know?
0: Hey, um, let's do this. Let's talk about the second song that you brought. I'd rather be, and maybe if if your memory serves, you can kind of deconstruct or construct it on basically what you're talking about, how how it got pulled together. Well, maybe you could speak to that, and I, I I'd find yeah. that very interesting. So, yeah,
1: that the song "I'd Rather Be Blues" by this artist named Robert Poe, who passed away a few years ago. Uh, he was a close friend of mine. And he was a very talented singer songwriter and a unique. He had a unique voice as a writer, voice as a singer. He was a he had a crooner kind of voice. He was he actually toured with the Glenn Miller Orchestra as the lead vocalist for wow. there. And he had this. Uh, you listen to the song; it's it's almost like a song from a past past generation. So this song could have been around in you know in the in the in the fifties or the sixties. And it's just a nostalgic quality that went immediately when I heard him, um, singing it. And I remember when we were sitting down and I sat down first with sticks and I was playing, you know, it's like a slow, um, song in six, you know, and, and I was playing a rim click and it was just, it was cool. And I, but I was like, there was just a breathiness about him. And I remember putting the sticks down and picking up brushes and 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 as soon as I played the brushes with the voice and what he was playing, I'm like, this is this is what this song needs, you know. I think you know sometimes with a song, you as drummers or, or, or musicians, we we hear a song and we have a starting point wherever we start, and then from that starting point, we know, okay, well, here's the verse, so the chorus is going to be up here, and the bridge is going to be up here. But I've for the last few years, I've really gotten into this like reverse engineering process and i said what happens if where i started was as loud as i was and let me go is what's going on below the surface there can i start lower even and one way we could start lower is you know brushes are a uh, such a it's a lifelong journey to learn to you know study brushes you know and this and, and, and you see so many people and everyone has their own style with them Um, but there's just a sound that something about them and I didn't play brushes till you know uh, when I first started playing I didn't play brushes but as I uh, studied more and I I started listening to more jazz there was something about this idea of this sustain you know the drums are a percussive instrument and you know cymbals ring but other than that we don't really have a sustained you know a buzz roll you can do a roll but the brushes allowed for this you know and uh on the song, I'd rather be blue once I picked up the brushes and he looked at me and he's like, "Yes, you know you could just see this look that sometimes you're just stumbling, you don't know you have a starting point and it sounds good, but then you sometimes you can't be afraid to try something different, and even if the artist says, "Yeah, I'm not hearing that you you tried, you know, and sometimes, but in this case, I picked up the brushes, and he immediately just had this look. I love that, and uh, and the part. That I, I, that I played on, it was, you know, it's very sparse, you know, and, and I wanted to hear the shh, I wanted that to come through, like almost like a vinyl record, like an old song that you'd hear. And um, his voice on it is just something about, um, he was such a special talent, um, and uh, he became a good friend, and I played on uh, a bunch of his music. and uh, But if you don't know about Robert Poe, uh, look him up on, uh, you know, whether YouTube or Spotify and and check him out because he really is a special, he was a special songwriter and human being.
0: Well, the one, the one thing we will do for our audience is we do chapter marks. So I'll definitely put the links in for Robert Poe and his music and his background and anybody we speak about during the podcast. Uh, you'll have more information. Just look at the chapter marks as we talk about it. And, uh, and check it out. So, without further ado, let's listen to I'd Rather Be. Check it out, everyone.
3: I cry. A.
0: Back with Chris Marshak and my sidekick here, Steve Martino. What a beautiful composition! Thank you for bringing that to the table. Hey, Chris, tell us a little bit about your studio and about the next song we have coming up called "Sideline."
1: The song "Sideline" is uh, by this Long Island artist named Cassandra House, and Cassandra's an extremely fine singer songwriter. And um, I've been playing drums with her for for a few years now, and played on her last record and i've done a lot of gigs with her and i'm a big a big fan of her so i would recommend anyone uh, check her out on spotify or any of the other streaming platforms but over the pandemic you know while we were all home doing not much uh we recorded one of her songs i knew a song called sideline and uh, we recorded here at the the drum shack uh and um and i co-produced it with her because cassandra is you know she's an artist that is she has a vision for her music you know, she's open to ideas and uh, we have a good working relationship. You know, you, you she, she's someone that 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 has a vision. So it's it was a collaborative thing and it was a lot of fun. We, the band played on it and because of the nature of COVID and we're all being individual. We came and recorded the drums and then we recorded Cassandra. And then we had uh, uh, we recorded bass and guitar. We brought, you know, Dave March, who plays bass with her and Anthony Provada, both fine musicians uh, came over and we we did it over a period of time you know because it was the pandemic you right. know and i think it was a time that uh i yeah, think musicians we were home we didn't know what was going to go on so we was uh we were trying to keep the band forward motion so we, we recorded that here and um yeah it was a song that you know when i remember first hearing it, it was just her play it the first thing that came to my mind was this like tribal tom thing And I uh, just heard the rhythm she was playing on her acoustic guitar and I started to play this, you know, this, this, uh, I'm calling it a tribal thing that was kind of, uh, that was tribal but didn't step on her, what she was doing and the rhythm of what she was doing and her voice and kind of, it's kind of a rhythm I came up with that I think peaks its head up every so often just, but yet, um, uh, and so, so the snare on this song actually, which, you know, as I was coming up with it, and this is something that I, uh, I do occasionally, uh, to try to have impact is to not use the snare at all until the chorus, you know, and, and so to create a groove where the snare is not in there. And I think when you, when you do that, and if, like I said before, there's no rules with this, it's not, it's not that I do all the time, but I think at times the idea of, a snare drum is such a sound once you hear that it's 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 a big thing so by withholding that it creates this world where it's this low-end rumble from the toms with her voice and it worked well and then when the snare came in on the chorus it it just gave the song a, a, a lift so in terms of my approach on that um i think that um that was what I was thinking on the song. You know, how can we make this chorus pop? And I think how you can make a chorus pop sometimes is what happens before it is just as important as what you're doing it because the absence of the snare throughout the whole verse, I think created a situation that when the snare came in on the chorus, it, 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 it just, it allowed the song to go somewhere. And yeah, we recorded here. It was a, it was a really fun process and, it was kind of loose, we tried some things and and it was over a period of time. It's not like we did it in a week. I think we did over a course of some months and uh and that also too we ended up uh Ben wish mixed her Cass's first record, and he also mixed uh sideline and uh yeah it was just she's just a really creative spirit, Cassandra, and it's a pleasure to play with her um you know it's just um she's just somebody who just has it together, singing, playing songs. Um, she, she's really, especially these last few years, really coming into her own in a really nice way. So it's, it's really nice to, to get a chance to be a part of that.
0: So let's listen to Cassandra House and her song, Sideline. Check it out, everyone. We'll be right back after the song.
4: Graver Reach out But you never come close Turn to dust At your Favor
0: So I was asking Chris about a video I'd seen called the Cosmic Orchestra, and I'd recognized one of the guys from Miles to Dayton in that. So tell me about that because I found that one. the the this, The music was great. A girl did this voice trumpet thing, and it was it was wonderful. So t- tell us about it, I, and we'll, we'll put it. We'll put a link to the video in the chapter marks. The
1: Cosmic Orchestra is a band that I'm. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands that I work with. And you were speaking about Miles to Dayton and John Paredes, who's a, from Long Island. But uh, John is a, just an absolute um, force mm. of nature. I mean, he just sings amazing, plays acoustic guitar, cello, uh, mandolin, trumpet, and it just, yeah, just and an absolute – Yeah, and I think his sister's uh, – And a f- fine singer-songwriter, really fine singer-songwriter. his sister's in Miles to Dayton, uh, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a family band, Miles, with his with right. his wife and his, his sisters and his brother in law and I and uh, you know the last few years I'm not on their recordings but I have been playing with them live nice. for the last few years uh, and I, I love playing I love playing with them and um, so yeah this this Cosmic Orchestra is a band that um, uh, there's a Unitarian Church over in Manhasset called the Unitarian Universalist Congregation at Shelter Rock. And they're just really, they have this thing called Soulful Sundown, and they're really supportive of the arts. And I lead the house band there. I'm the leader of the band. And uh, so I put together this band of some of my favorite musicians. And in the band is Jonathan Predis, who's a fantastic singer, uh, a female vocalist from Massachusetts named Erica Lee, Uh, a a fine singer-songwriter, Amazing singer named Eugene uh, Ruffalo. Uh, It's uh, Pat Falco. who plays bass from the Falco, the the super talented Falco family. Um, Mark Shulman, who plays guitar, who's just a one of a kind, the singular Mark Shulman, one of the most special guitar players uh, on the planet. And uh, Ben Wish, back to my friend Ben, who plays keyboards in the band. And so it's a seven piece band and, uh, with a house band and we back up all the featured artists that have here at, at, at their coffee house, which is part of the Soulful Sundown thing. And, uh, we just played the other night with Lucy Kaplansky. Um, but it's been going on obviously during the pandemic, we, we did some virtual recording, but, um, yeah, it's just a really cool gig both the musicians of the Cosmic Orchestra and we get to back up some really really talented folks, singer-songwriters, you know, from all over the uh, all over the world. So it's um yeah, that's that's one of uh, it's a gig I'm re- very thankful to be a part of and uh love the Cosmic nice. Orchestra. Yeah, it's I I strongly suggest everyone to check it out.
0: It will put a smile on your face for sure, especially during this holiday season. I tell you, I tell you, I got to be honest with you, Chris and Steve. This was probably the most informative podcast I've ever been a part of. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, It's just I I find it amazing what you do. and, And you helped me kind of navigate what happens behind the scenes to make a good song, a great album, uh, piece, you know, and, and the parts and pieces to, uh, to put it together. I tell you, we've got to do another podcast because there's, I, I have a feeling, you know, a little bit more, uh, to get, <laughs> to get out there. And, uh, I really look forward, uh, to, uh, you know, spending some time with you. So, um, is there anything coming up you want to talk about any, uh, future events at all or,
1: um, well, first, let me just thank you for having me that. on. You know, I think I think you got something special here. I love your, you know, we, I think a theme of what we talked about today was curiosity, and I think you have a curiosity that that uh, that I really liked. And Steve, if, it's great to have you here too, and, and asking questions and 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 talking because at the end of the day, when I, when we talk about music, I, I you know I, I feel like a thirteen year old <laughs> kid again. You know, I mean, I still have that childlike. You know the excitement about it and music, uh, and like I said before, for me, music has been my best friend my entire life. You know, it's been me th- through through everything. It's been with me, and, and 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 I think of the friendships, and even it's allowed Absolutely. me to meet you guys. You know, because you know you, you heard some of my drumming, and you know, thought maybe it might be worthwhile to have me on. And so uh, I'm just very grateful to to be here. And um, yeah, I mean, as far as what I'm doing, I'm you know off the top of my head, this you know usual gigs I'm doing and I'm out there and but I'm always you know I'm always you know as part of the regular people I work with I'm always up for for new collaborations so you know uh um, hey, you, you never you never know you know I have a I've a website and I'm on, yep, online have, you know I'll have everything plugged in there
0: uh, and I, I usually end yeah. my podcast this way and and I, I'm real sincere about this you know we can account for what we have in the bank and what we own we can't account for the time we have left on this earth and the fact that you've given me a couple hours here, uh, both you and Steve, thank you so much. I feel very blessed, uh, and uh, I really look forward to seeing you again in person and having an extended conversation. Say hi to your brother, uh, please, and thank him for uh, introducing me to you. And uh, we'll see. You, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.
1: You got it, guys. Great, great to speak with you. Great meeting you. guys. great meeting you. Really great, to meet, great to meet you too. We'll see you out there on the trail. You got it.
0: Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.